Welcome to the Dad Ass Podcast, the subpar, mediocre at best podcast about being a new dad. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Dad Ass Podcast, the completely unscripted and very unprepared because I'm on a new laptop and didn't know how to work it for this recording podcast about trying to figure out this whole parenting and adulting thing. And welcome to our second uh, episode in our Mother's Day week uh, special uh, recording. I'm Matt the Dadass, and with me as always is just an amazing person and loves his mother, Sean, aka Dude the Resident Family Counselor. Sir, how are you doing today? I'm well. I'm really well. Um, I do love my mom. This is very true. So I won't even lie about that. She's come through for me on on multiple occasions. Yeah, young yeah, when you were young and old. Yeah, you know, distant and recent. You gotta thank your mom. Yeah. Thanks, you know, mom. Thanks, mom. And she was one of our our loyal and first fans. Yeah, absolutely. And listener. So so thank you, Debbie, and thank you to my mom, Beth. Yeah, and don't forget the card club. And, oh, and, and the card club of uh, retired teachers. So thank you to all those moms. You know what's so special about Mother's Day is the fact that no matter how old you get, everyone seems to always love their mother. This is but, true. You know, like. I've always thought about, you know, no matter what someone's family situation is, the you've always known mom at some point, whether your whole life, a short amount of time, or just barely. Mom has had that special bond with you. And that's what makes this, this for me, Mother's Day so special um, to be able to, one, have a second episode this week, but also to share it with my mom, mother-in-law, and with Heather. I will also say to that that point too, um, when at least when I hear the word mom, um, you know, in your instance, you're talking about your biological mother, your your mother, you know, via blood. Um, but Mother's Day is also a time to celebrate like any mo- like any mother figure in your life. There are plenty of mothers that aren't um, blood related um, in any way, um, and. Mother's Day is actually a really nice day to celebrate that. I've actually, I had a friend um, who, uh, he's since remarried, um, but for a while was a um, single dad. And I would send him a text on Mother's Day telling him Happy Mother's Day. Um, Because as a single parent, he was, you know, fulfilling both sort of parental roles. Um, So, but on the topic of mothers, um. I have to tell you a story about the um, one of the better um, mother son moments between um, my mom and I, actually. So uh, if you recall, um, uh, my anniversary uh, just happened with my wife. And um, we have a little bit of a a tradition in that um, every year that we've been married, we have celebrated at the Pearl in downtown Columbus. I actually talked about it um, on the episode with Nick, which is also this week. So um, I, my wife and I book our reservation, you know, we go, we're sitting there and um, first champagne got brought to the table and um, they were like, Oh, someone told me that it was, it's your anniversary and, and you guys are celebrating. And, so I was like, hmm, I, this seems like Debbie Diddy Sandy work. 
So I just sent her a text that was like, thank you with a question mark. And she was like, for what? And so then I sent her the picture and she's like, I'm glad you liked it. So I was like, oh, that's sweet. Don't think anything else of it. Fast forward like 20 minutes later, maybe 30. And uh, this young hostess comes up and she's like, I'm so sorry for bothering you. Um, like, but I think I saw your picture on the cover of a magazine. And and uh, she's like, are you that guy from the Dadass podcast? And instantly I'm like, whoa. Like, I look at Kimberly and Kimberly looks at me and I'm like, I'm feeling like hot shit, right? I'm like. Can, can I just interject real quick? Yeah. Looking at our analytics, we are 50% women listeners and 50% men. Mm-hmm. Like just very close. And most are upper 20s into their 30s and then into their 40s. And then, of course, because of the, the card club and um, your mom, then we, we have like a third tier, which is in their 60s. Well, so That's here's important. the thing. This, this young lady was like early 20s. So I'm like, well, I'm like feeling like I'm on like cloud nine. I was like, holy shit. Like somebody saw my thing. This is so cool. And then, then the reality sets in. I'm like, something about this doesn't feel right. So I send Matt a text and I'm like, are you messing with me? And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Legitimately had no idea. So I'm like, what is going on? So the, she walks by again and I like call her over and I was like, um, I feel like someone's messing with me. And, um, you know, like, did someone call and ask, ask you to do that? Totally thinking I'm going to nail Matt. And, uh, she like giggles and laughs and she was like, have you gotten your check yet? And I said, no. And she smiled and said something like, I wouldn't, uh, count on it. So come to find out my mother not only called to have champagne put to the table, which was very sweet of her, but she asked the hostess to make up this whole story about how she'd seen me on a magazine cover just to simply mess with me. Um, <laughs> and I was like, well played, Debbie Diddy. Well played. Um, but she did pay for dinner, which was also very nice. But uh, for about 15 minutes, I thought I was like the coolest dude on earth. And then I was like, eh, this girl doesn't really seem like the kind of demographic we're going after here. And not only um, is it great that you had that 15 minutes of thinking like this attractive younger woman happens to like <laughs> know who, who you are, who the podcast is. I'm going to say that that's probably one of our top podcast story moments. Yeah. Involving your mom. Yeah. I can think of a second that is not recordable. Yes. Um, it, it is at the top. <laughs> and that's a great mother moment, which bodes very well for um, this episode, our guest, and what we want to cover today of the top mother moments. Um, I'm going to leave it at that because there's certain categories in Thunder that I don't want to steal from uh, our, our repeat guest. An amazing dude who I believe the beard has gotten longer. The uh, outfit went from uh, the dude to a hockey player in a a geeked out hockey jersey. Uh, So welcoming back to the podcast to tell us about uh, awesome mother moments, uh, a couple dad jokes and some fun is one and only uh, Ben Hartnell. Welcome back. Hey, all right. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me back on and 
Yeah, so we we went from uh, wearing the dude outfit and the the cardigan there to to wearing my comfort outside the dude outfit. I I, I kind of default to these hockey jerseys. And don't we were, lie, your we wife laughing. was like, "Don't you dare do, put that sweater do, on." Do not. <laughs> well, go back. Why do you think the door's closed? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I she doesn't generally like it if I go out in public, ever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let, let alone with the uh, with the geeky jersey. On and that's uh, th- this is a, a shout out to uh, nothing other than the the shining. This is the Red Run Maniacs. So there it is. Fair, so it was appropriate uh, for today. I'd never heard of this company before, and we have like no affiliation. But I feel like this is just worth like sharing this little tidbit of knowledge. What what are you wearing? <laughs> All right. So yeah, and I, it, it's ironically enough because of the Big Lebowski. I remember this was this maybe five six years ago. I came across some someone had a picture. And they were wearing what looked like a, a, a hockey jersey, but it looked like the dude's sweater. And I was like, that's that's pretty wild. And where, where'd you get that? He's like, oh, it's this company, Geeky Jerseys. And so I, I went to their their site, and sure enough, they 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 do these pre-order sales. They only put a couple things out there for, for people. And if enough people sign up for wanting it, then they go ahead and print it and everything else. And so, that's cool. um, yeah, it's it's gotten unhealthy in terms of the number that i i have to purchase because well when they roll out the donkey kong one i'm like well now i gotta get that one obviously so, yeah i, I don't want to be stupid right to yeah, go back geez. to uh, uh the previous recording with you your son is collecting triple a baseball right triple a baseball yeah just any any minor league team yeah he's any minor those. league so and then you you do these geeky um like the geeky jerseys yeah that's so cool i'm gonna have to look them up look them up they're 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 a blast they're fun and um yeah, and and I think we we laugh for and everyone looks good in a hockey jersey. It 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 hides nature's flaws. They're they're really like the bowling <laughs> shoe of shirts. They are the bowling shoe of shirts. Listen, <laughs> I have never seen a single person not look good in bowling shoes. <laughs> I, I think with the beard, the you know, the 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 hockey outfit, I think you could pull off some bowling shoes with. with it. <laughs> well, I, yeah, well, I now, still don't have those jellies. I mean, I, I was hoping to. <laughs> <laughs> to get those jellies, but uh, that didn't come to fruition. So now I, I got to tell you, <laughs> the same week we recorded uh, the episode with you, I was flipping through the channels. And Big Lebowski was on. I'm like, damn, what are the odds? So then I was like, well, I can't just watch it right now. I have a kid who needs to be going to sleep. So I was like, I'm gonna see if it's on. So I I ended uh, on at a later time. So I DVR'd it like at three in the morning the next day, and watched it literally as if you were like let's just pretend you're a high school teacher and you gave me an assignment i was able to fulfill said assignment within like 48 hours of <laughs> your assignment if figuratively like in this scenario you were a teacher assigning me uh, homework well that that would be some of the most aggressive homework like i need you to watch the big lebowski and then keep track of the number of times they use the f word which is why that's not one that usually airs uh, during the daytime, as you can imagine. You know what, though, as a as a high school teacher, I feel like that might be uh, you actually stand a chance of people actually doing their homework. <laughs> there's, there's, there's truth. To that. There's truth to that. If only the Constitution had more f words in it, they might pay attention. <laughs> so there it is. Uh, the, the detail about me that I left out with you when we were talking about the Big Lebowski last time is uh, way back when, when, when I actually dabbled in working with high school youth um, as a youth minister and working then in the day school at the church, um, I had a student tell me that I was a pretty cool dude and that I should be ordained in the church of dudism. <laughs> that wow. That's the thing. 
That's yeah. the thing. The Dudism. That, that's I'm, the thing. I'm ordained in the Church of Dudism. There's actually a, there's actually kind of a cult following pseudo religion that is, and there's a book about the Dudism and living your life like the dude and and everything. And it's <laughs> it's very cult like. <laughs> and I just learned that there's a nonprofit based off the values. Yeah, of, you shared that. It was yeah. great. Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. But anyway, we're digressing. We, we ah, have fine. an epic joke. We have drinks to talk about. And I think we're doing something with moms. I don't remember. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, let me hear this joke. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and I know you'll jump in if you know it. I know. I yeah, won't. I'm nice to our guests. <laughs> I am not. That's fine. All right. Why is the computer so smart? It's a computer so smart. I just had this in my dad joke book. Do, um, do you know it? Mm-hmm. But I don't remember it now. <laughs> Let's hear it. All right. Because it listens to its motherboard. That's right. Uh, that's right. Oh, See, yeah, I have heard the that one. Played it to the theme. There it is. Man. <laughs> I, I like that one. I read that yeah. too. I read that to my mom. It's a good one. Yeah. It's, I, it's, it's timely. It's timely. I, I appreciate that one. Of course. <laughs> so I have to ask because I know we we have to end with with uh, drinks with dude because he was shaking that thing aggressively. So we know it's going to be great. But you have an amazing looking beer uh, in a snifter glass. What what are you drinking? Well, and it's it's no, that's the, not a snifter. Yeah, it's it's the labeled it's the la- Chimay. Chimay. That that is that is my jam. That is my go to beer. Red label, blue yeah, label, ju- white label. I'm I'm a red label kind of guy. I'll settle for blue if I want to jumpstart my car and and get a little tipsy. I'll go white because that is pure pure gasoline it is awful i don't care if i don't care for the white label but blue and red that is that is delicious yeah this is belgian beer that's a good beer i'm a huge belgian fan give me a bell i I had a belgian wheat yesterday at north high and it was just delightful i love me some belgians (laughs) absolutely i agree i agree yeah and that's and i'm trying to remember when i even started uh i think it I think it was the bottle that kind of attracted me to it. I was sitting there going, Ooh, what's in the, what's it's, in the giant bottle over there? It's, and, it's the bottle. And, and then it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't used to be. And now, now you're like, Oh, well, it's, I got to get one. Cause it's right there. And, so. and it's not, it's not all that much, even no. though it's like in those larger, uh, larger bottles, it all kind of evens out. I like that. A Chimay, you know what? I'm going to have to go get one later. Yeah, um, not not tonight, but, um, <laughs> soon, uh, we're recording on Cinco de Mayo. I am not much of a tequila fan, mm-hmm. uh, but the one tequila that I can handle nicely, um, and and he's also a dream person to meet and have on this podcast, I like the Rocks Terramana wow. tequila. It is very smooth and nice and doesn't upset my stomach. So I just mixed it with some uh, organic lemonade that I got at Aldi. I was waiting in the checkout because the person in front of me was taking forever and I never fall for buying things right at the checkout. That's just good marketing, right? That's why there's always Snickers and gum and little candies. Unless you're at Aldi and then it's not Snickers. It's some weird off, very off brand. That's that's true. (laughs) But this, this is like, or, um, lemonade and my favorite cocktail, because I don't make cocktails until really we started doing, uh, the drinks with dude segment. Is in the summer, I like to do bourbon, 
with a little bit of lemonade because it's kind of sweet and fruity, but not really sweet and fruity, but then you can have a few. Um, and so I, I took a, a, a little bit of lemonade and mixed it with some Terramana uh, tequila. So that's, that's the rocks tequila. Yeah. The rock just and, came out and, with it. And you're having lemonade. So you're having lemonade on the, the rock. rock on. Uh, on oh, oh, wow. I uh, should I show myself out. Oh, wow. <laughs> We we're past the dad joke segment. Ben. Oh man, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I circled back. <laughs> All right. So you were aggressively shaking something that caught the attention of both of us to be like, why are you so angry? Uh, what, what what did you make over there? So um, I did very very slight variation on um, a cocktail that I found on the spruceeats.com. Um, their cocktail is called the Dulce de Tequila, um, which in here talks about how it um, actually means tequila candy. So um, what we've got here is, and this they call for Resposado tequila, and I used Añejo, which is you know an older aged tequila. Um, two ounces uh, of that tequila, and then one ounce of cognac. And then um, one ounce of um, triple sec, but I have a bourbon barrel aged triple sec. Mm. So um, half it's ounce so lime juice, and then I didn't have any agave nectar, so I ended up just using um, simple syrup, which is not the same, but you know, we were in a pinch. So um, yeah, so it's good. I really like it. It's not as like sweet as you'd think it would be because I'm not a sweet cocktail drinker, mm-hmm. um, but the it not being, uh, and I served it um, over ice. They served it up, um, but I you know I just wanted something that went down a little easier. And anything that sits down with sits on ice long enough just rolls it rolls right down. So um, Plus, I like it, it. It sounds cool. You're right by the microphone. You can hear it kind of ah. That, that, was, that was the sound of my dad thinking, all right? He'd come home from work, he'd pour himself a little drink there, and he'd kind of rattle that, 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 uh, yep. Oh, oh, dad? <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's such a great, that's such a great memory. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, but we're not was, here to reminisce. It was good, so. We're yeah. not here to reminisce about dads. We're here to celebrate no, no, no. moms. Uh-oh. That's right. And, and it's safe to assume that we are probably three mama, mama's boys, for, oh, sure. for sure. Yeah. 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 With a beard like that, you have to be a mama's boy. I don't know what that means. It just sounded, it sounded. That sounds like a head. t-shirt idea to me. I don't know. That sounds like a geeky jersey if I've ever it heard It sounds one. like a geeky jersey. Let's sell it to him. I wonder if we could get dad ass podcast geeky jerseys. Ooh. That's awesome. We already know that um, Ben would buy one because he I'd buys buy all of them. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. You got it. <laughs> and as long as it came in a minor league baseball um, option too, then we get right. some too. You got to get the ringer T and then he's all set. In. So <laughs> you've set this up in a way that um, you told us beforehand um, how you broke this down, similar to what you did when, when you talked about fathers um, uh, in, in time uh, through well, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm not even going to go there. I'll let you tee it up. You did the work. You're the doctor. You're the man with the beard and the jersey. We'll give you the keys. Sounds good. All right. Well, okay. So kind of like what we did last time, we looked at three 
categories. Uh, we looked at uh, kind of father son combos or just kind of awesome dads in literature. Then we looked at uh, a cool father son moments in sports. And then we looked at uh, father son moments in, in history or, or kind of cool dad moments in history. So kind of doing the same thing, looking at literary moms is what we're going to start with here. So famous moms in literature. And again, per, per, per the usual, I always have uh, several runners up. I got to have, I got to lay the groundwork with some people. They didn't quite make the a cut, but you could you could make the argument that they should be uh, to each their own. So we're going to start with um, Mrs. Bennett from Pride and Prejudice. All right. Now we're not going to go into great detail. We're going to use the runner up and so forth. So Pride and Prejudice, Jane Austen, I mean, it's super famous. So you know, definitely in 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 the conversation, or as as my cousin Dave would say, in the team photo. Okay, you're you're in the team photo. <laughs> you're not guaranteed to get any playing time, but you're in the team photo. All right. So there it is. You're hanging in the gym somewhere. Uh, and then, okay, so we, we have Mrs. Bennett. Uh, then we're going to go with Mrs. March uh, from Little Women. And, and uh, she kind of went by a, a different nickname in the book. It went by, it looks like it would be pronounced Marmy, but these are all New Englanders. So that R is going to be an A sound. So it actually is pronounced Mommy. So Mommy. Mommy was the character, Little Women. And then uh, I have to put this, this third one in. Otherwise, I won't be able to uh, sleep inside. My wife's favorite book series is Anne of Green Gables. Uh, and so you have, you can't talk about great moms without talking about Marilla, you know, Marilla, she was a tough exterior, but she warmed up to old Anne there. Uh, so that, that's, that's where we have some, some famous motherly figures. Now we've got some maybe motherly ideas or concepts that are going to kind of creep into our, 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 mm. our little countdown here. So, uh, and, and before I get into these ones, you know, <laughs> So my, my son's finishing up fifth grade and uh, they, they always do like a, a school uh, school book where everyone reads it uh, and, and whole school does. Uh, and they're always, they're always so sad. <laughs> they picked this and they, they were like that when I was a kid, they're like that. So it's good to see there's some consistency in picking the saddest books. Why? Why are they <laughs> I sad don't books? know. I don't know. They just welcome to reading. Here's a horrible story about a dog. Uh, and that's, <laughs> that's that's what it's all come down to. Old Yeller, you know, uh, you know, take your dog out back and shoot it, and because he's got rabies. And then Sounder, the tar, well, the dog side dog's face gets shot off, and he's rubbing the dirt. And then the the most horrific one. Uh, and it, speaking of moms, my mom like walked in my room like, "Why are you crying?" I'm like, "I'm crying. You're crying. Stop it." Uh, where the red fern grows? Like, are you kidding me? Like the the saddest dog book ever. Uh, you know, you have, you have the two dogs, they end up in the mountains and the one dog gets attacked by a mountain lion. And they talk about his, you know, his, his intestines spilling out on the briar. I remember it on a briar bush. I can't look at a briar bush. I'll think of this poor dog. And then the other dog. So, so sad. It stops eating. It kills itself because like, why am I reading this in fifth grade? And, 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 when, and when we graduate from that one, now we're talking Bridget Terabithia. So let's have her fall off of a rope or make believe bridge and hit her head and die. And, and then, and then there's another one. There's Edward Tulane. This, this, this stuffed rabbit gets lost and he has to work his way back. And when, by the time he gets home, the, the kid's no longer like four, she's 25. So it's like, oh gosh. So I feel like I have a responsibility um, here to say thank you to, to the authors of all of those books. And here's why. As a okay. counselor, I will never, ever run out of business because you clearly no. have been traumatized by these readings. Absolutely. I mean, look at me. I'm not. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, this book has troubled me since the start. And, so, so and and, as the non-educator um, in this discussion, that's why I don't read. <laughs> there it is. 
because it's not going to make for a good comic either. Like, oh, this this is a short lived series. Like, What's old Yeller going to do next year? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, kind of coming off of the the children's book area, there, there are our two final runners up before we get to the the actual one. Uh, how about uh, Charlotte's Web? Let's let's talk about Charlotte this Yeah, later. I was uh, wondering. Right? Oh. Ultimate, ultimate ultimate mom there. I mean, she does everything to ensure that that slab of bacon, Wilbur, all right, doesn't end up an actual slab of bacon. I mean, she does That's everything true. in her power to give him a shot at life, uh, and so forth. And uh, uh, that and it ends with that classic line: uh, "Quote Wilbur never forgot Charlotte, although he loved her children and grandchildren dearly." None of the new spiders ever quite took her place in his heart. Like, ah, oh, come on. That's that's powerful stuff. And then and then you could go a little little tip sadder. Uh let's let's take a walk in. Oh, please. Shel- yeah, right. Why not? This is great. Let's keep drinking. Uh Shell Silverstein and the giving tree. Oh uh, you're yeah. right. There it yeah, is. Yeah, there the it ultimate. is. And she loved the little boy very, very much, even more than she loved herself. The tree gives the boy everything, you know, whether it's leaves, apples. Uh, the branches or trunk, she literally gives him everything uh, to give him a happy life. So th- those are those are your your runners up. All right, that's that's just getting ready for the big one. All right, so the the one I want to look at, and it, it was great that last time I had a chance to talk about my uh, the, one of my favorite books with the In God We Trust, All Others Pay Taxes, the, the Christmas Story book. But my all time favorite book. Uh, is a book by Ray Bradbury, and it's not Fahrenheit 451. Like, we, we hear Ray Bradbury, we think of that, the sci-fi book. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I feel like he didn't write anything else. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of it. It's downhill. Until this one, all right? Uh, it's his book, Dandelion Wine. And I thought, boy, if, if anyone could create kind of a drink like this, it would be you. So maybe you'd be able to figure out a Dandelion Wine-esque drink. Oh, that's, that's not necessarily wine, because I, 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 there are two things I try to start drinking every New Year's: coffee and wine. Not necessarily together, but I want to try. I want to like coffee and I want to like wine. And every year I fail. I can't. I can't do it. I like the smell. I like the idea. I like the concept of it. I even like the way it looks, you know, around that glass. I just, I don't, don't care for. It. Maybe you could figure out a wine that I would like. But Dandelion wine is the name of the book by Ray Bradbury. And it is, a, again, my all-time favorite book. And it's such a spectacular story. And it it takes place in 1928. So we, we know it, in the United States. So we know what's what's on the horizon by 1929. So the, the gist of the book is, so this is the kind of the, the, the main character is this kid named Douglas, Douglas Spaulding. And this is kind of the last summer of him being a kid. You know, like he's 12 years old, almost a teenager. Not that you can't be a kid and a teenager, but in 1928, when you turned 13, things were a little different in 1928. So yeah. uh, it, it took took place in a, a town kind of loosely based on Ray Bradbury's actual hometown. So he's over in Greentown, Illinois. And again, last summer being a kid, lots of adventures, all the stuff there. And again, it's what's what makes what makes summer so great. And Ray Bradbury does such an amazing job throughout the book, just kind of painting those, those summer memories, just the summer smells, you know, you, you wake up the summer smell of a summer morning, uh, freshly cut grass, you know, just the summer heat, taking a dip in the Creek or the swimming pool, wherever it might be. And all the different things that happen in the summer, you know, uh, maybe you go to a concert or a carnival or whatever it is, or maybe one of your friends moves away or someone moves into town, you get to meet the new kid. And it's all these, I mean, just, wonderful, wonderful uh, kind of memories of this final childhood 
summer before you know things get real and he becomes an adult and all these other things so forth but um it, it's it's really cool because what what Bradbury's pointing out throughout the entire book is that there's always beautiful things in life even in sad situations because you have you know classic book you're going to have some characters that pass away and 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 even though those are sad moments there are still things that are beautiful and magical that kind of surround us in our in our day-to-day life and it it was always just such a great read uh, and, and in particular, because in, in, I'm going somewhere with this, um, in, in, in the third chapter is one of the coolest, coolest chapters of the book. And it kind of gives us the, the title of the book. So you have Douglas and his, he, he's 12 years old. His brother is 10. His name is Tom. And they're out with their grandfather. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe people have the chance to go see their grandparents in the summer. Maybe, maybe they, they go spend a week with their grandparents, whatever it might be. But we all have kind of summer memories. Uh, that was a lot of times, maybe outside of the holidays when you got to see your grandparents you know, and so they go out and they start gathering dandelions in their yard. All right. And they're, they're grabbing them by the bag full and they're, they're gathering these things up and gather them up. And once they get their bags all full, they bring them inside. They go downstairs to the wine press in the cellar and they start to mix it with this barrel of rainwater that they were very careful to collect. Uh, and then they start to bottle them in uh, like empty ketchup bottles, like the glass ones, the fancy ones. Um, and grandpa, you know, talks about how we're going to leave these in the cellar until, until wintertime and stuff. And so the main characters kind of bond with grandpa, but the, the real, the real person, the reason why I, I bring this book up is it's the grandma. It's the gram. She steals the show. She is a fantastic character throughout there. I mean, he, his mom and dad are in the picture and so forth, but she really gives him all the life advice he needs. And she points out to him that, some people would look at the dandelions as being a bunch of weeds, you know, and rainwater is just runoff water. But here we're making something special that we're going to enjoy in the wintertime and have thoughts of the summer. You know, how was this summer? It was bottled in the summer of 28. So you're drinking it into this, you know, the winter of 28 and 29, and you can remember it. And you remember all the great things that happened and stuff. And, and, and they, they throughout the book talk about how grandma would sneak downstairs uh, before the winter and she'd take a few nips, uh, you know, just, just checking, just checking uh, on the daylight wine to make sure that things are progressing the way Quality they should. Control. Oh, absolutely. It's quality control, 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just, it's the way in which he props her up throughout the book to where, you know, she doesn't overpower any scenes, but you feel like everyone can kind of connect to that kind of grandmotherly figure. And, and you you talked about it perfectly at the start. Um, you know, it's not always a mom. Sometimes it's a grandma or a motherly figure that is, is, is raising these kids and giving some of the best advice. And you think about some of the advice or funny things that maybe your grandparents said to you when mom and dad weren't around and so forth. They gave you like, okay, here's what really happens. That that kind of straight, straightforward, uh, straight, straight shooting. And it always made me think of, um, I was blessed to know both my grandmas on, on both sides of the family, but my grandmother on my mom's side, uh, she lived out in 40 acres up in Eaton Rapids in Michigan out in a little farm. And uh, she had a cellar that was very reminiscent of what I pictured this cellar being. And we always got very nervous when she would come upstairs with these unlabeled jars and set them on the table for Thanksgiving or Christmas. And no one ever opened them. No, no one's going to unleash whatever kind of, uh, of, of uh, hauntavirus is growing inside that probably penicillin. We probably could have just eaten it and been fine. But um, 
I just, I, and, and so that's why I think I gravitated towards that motherly figure and the grandmother throughout this story, because I just remember these wonderful moments with, with my grandma. And then we were talking about how, you know, 21 years ago today, I graduated college. And that was one of the cool things is she was about a, a half hour drive from the campus of Michigan state. So I would mm-hmm. go out and see her. And, and many times it were just simple chores. Like I need you to chop a little bit of firewood. I'm like, I don't remember us even burning a fire, but okay, I can cut some firewood. Um, and, and, taking out all the dead bugs from inside of the different caps of lights around her house and so forth. But just sitting there and talking with her and having those, those moments uh, with her, it would just, it always felt like this book kind of connected with me in that, that sense and that kind of grandmotherly motherly advice. And that's just what makes her in my mind. Um, and it's, she's just called grandma Spalding. She we don't even know her name. You know, it doesn't go by Nana or anything like that. Just grandma Spalding uh, in my mind is, is, is the greatest, uh, kind of uh, motherly figure in literature uh, that's uh that's my take on it actually so. the you, we do know her name you didn't know this her first name's Catherine Catherine yeah Catherine Spalding mm-hmm. am I, am I, am I is, is this is there, a joke no, I'm lying know. to you. Wait. I have okay, no I idea. Like, I was like, wait, wait a minute. Like, holy cow, this is incredible. Like, I'm going to write this down. I Catherine see. with a C or a K. I need to know. These are, these are. Now my tattoo on my arm looks really stupid without her first name. So now I got to get that on there. So. It works out. Grandma Spalding. Yeah. And I was yeah, be like, Grandma Spalding. Yeah. Catherine. It raises a few eyebrows of Highlands. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't know if, if you guys have any grandmotherly advice or stories like that, but that's what kind of always made me think of. Uh, Unfortunately, I grew up, I, I remember visiting my um, my dad's uh, mom. I, you know, I don't really have a lot of memory from my mom's side of things. Um, but, you know, she lived in Decatur, Illinois, Um and so she's kind of far away. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a lot of those. My one, um, and my grandfather died when, when I was an infant. But I, I, I have one um, funny memory. I remember being probably like 12-ish, somewhere around there. And um, so she, I went to her house, and she, for whatever reason, had... Now this is like dating my age because you know it's not like she had like a flat screen or anything, but she had a Sony Trinitron TV, and there they they used to be like th- those used to be like a high end TV, and it was you know big at the time. I think it was like thirty six inches or something, you know something like that. Anchored the house, <laughs> yeah, and, and it was one of like the big old tube TVs. You know, it was enormous. Yeah. Um, and I just remember being like, my grandma is so freaking cool. She has a nicer TV than we have. Like, <laughs> that's why I figure I had to have been probably around like 12 or 13 because I would have been paying attention to some of those things. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. I don't know. Matt, do you have any uh, any memories from your, your grandmother? My My mom's mom passed when I was a little bit younger and... I remember some things and the one story I remember is kind of silly. So I'm going to, I'm going to skip it. <laughs> she, I, I, anyway, I'll skip that story. Yeah, skip that one. Um, but she was, she was sweet from what I remember, but my dad's mom lived um, well into um, beyond me being in college. And so one of my stories, and it's not one that's specific, but she was a talker and, uh, 
a very opinionated talker. And so I would call her on my drill weekends driving from Otterbein up to uh, Fairport Harbor on Lake Erie because I knew then I'm already stuck in the car. So if I put her on speakerphone, I'm not doing anything else. So at least I'm getting somewhere while catching up with her. So she knew when I called, I was on my, my way to or from drill. So then she would update me. on. I have so many cousins on the Lofi side. I don't even know them. When we go to family reunions, we need name, name tags and then who we belong to. And um, because it's a big Catholic family. So there's like, what, seven kids plus then like 30 some uh, grandkids and great grandkids um, and and probably even more now. And so I would listen to her and I'd be in the car like, oh, my gosh, she's still going. And I'm in Mansfield. (laughs) So you got to wrap it up, Grandma. I'm pulling in. (laughs) Like, Grandma, I need to get more gas. I'm empty. I was full when I called you. She might not even notice if you're out of the car. She's just (laughs) filling up. Sometimes I didn't even like do the, uh huh. Like I just yeah. would mute it and be like, she's still going. <laughs> so that's, that's my story. That's, Obviously, that's great too. And that's, that's kind of the thing where, you know, we, we, we grew up in, in Columbus. And so it's about a four hour. Well, back then, you know, things were 55 miles an hour and we were driving a Volkswagen van again with pleather seats. That thing nice. was like a glorified hippie bus all the way up there. And that thing could do 55 downhill. Uh, without with with the brake line cut, so it took us a little longer to get there. Plus, you're towing three kids; you got to stop off, you know, every 15 minutes. So it would take us sometimes five, six hours to get up there and stuff. So, but it was always cool, and things just always tasted better at Grandma's. Like it wasn't like yeah. she made the Pringles; they just tasted better <laughs> at Grandma's. <laughs> it was just I don't know; it's just kind of the way it was. And and uh, she she loved the uh, ginger ginger ale floats, the Verner's floats. You know, oh Verner's. Yeah, a little scoop of ice cream with some burners and so forth. So that, for me, that was just it was it was a cool kind of connection that we had because uh, um, her husband. So my grandfather, I didn't I didn't know him. He had he had passed away before I was born and stuff. So uh, we always just knew you know Grandma Eva. Plus, she went to Michigan State as well. She graduated in 1936 when it was Michigan Agricultural College. So there was always kind of a a little connection that we had over that. So, hmm. but yeah, so I, that's why I thought uh, Dane wine. And the, and the grandma, kind of the, the motherly figure there is in, in my mind, really, really always just resonated with me uh, and stuff. So, yeah, now we'll move on. Yeah. And what's the what's the next category? You yeah. The next day we have the sports moments. And again, there, there's got to be a thousand different, you know, son winning for the, you know, saying hi to mom. You always say hi to mom and so forth. And uh, and so but in, in particular, the one that I, I always found to be pretty cool, because, again, I, I think a lot of these maybe unfairly have a, a personal connection to it. So maybe that's kind of why I'm slanted a bit that way, but it was uh, May 9th, 2010. So this was mother's day. And I remember it because I was actually watching this game with Frazier. He was three months old and it was the first mm. mother's day. And so Molly had, uh, she gotten the, the, the typical kind of breakfast in bed, uh, then got up and, uh, and we, we, you know, catered to her. And then she's like, you know what? The next thing I want is a nap. So she went back to bed. That's great. That's, that's what she wanted. That's the most thing she wanted was just this extra sleep. So Frazier and I, um, Watched, watched this baseball game. It was between the Oakland Athletics and the Tampa Bay Rays. And there was the pitcher for the Athletics' name was Dallas Braden. And uh, he ends up throwing a perfect game uh, and stuff. And it's one of those things where I, I didn't have a dog in the fight. And it's like, even if you did, and let's say you were a Tampa Bay Rays fan for whatever reason, uh, you would then at some point 
be like, okay, now I'm cheering for their team because I want to see history. You know, at that point in time, there's only 18 perfect games. So this, 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 this doesn't happen very often, you know, 27 batters up 27 batters down and he ends up and he throws this perfect game and it's great. But as they got closer to like the seventh inning and the eighth inning, now they're starting to kind of talk about who he is, you know, because before then he's just some pitcher for the A's who's in between the rotation of, of their stud stud pitcher. But now they're starting to talk more about, you know, his, his backstory and who's there watching the game and his mother, Jody actually died of cancer when he was in high school. And so he was raised by his grandmother, this lady named uh, Peggy Lindsay, who he decided kind of at the end, like I got an extra ticket, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to win this thing and invited her to the game. <laughs> and so the woman that raised him, his grandmother is sitting in the, in the stands watching this, this tremendous performance by, by her, uh, her grandson there. And he ends up only pitching maybe one more year before he has, you know, some, some shoulder injuries and in here and there and, uh, and so forth. But one of the things that came out later on is he ended up playing the game hung over. <laughs> he had, he had apparently partied the night before and came out and was like, Oh man, so he, he was hung over. Grandma's watching. So you can't screw up. You don't want grandma to know you were drinking the night before, you know, so you got to, you know, game face, man, game face. Uh, and ends up throwing this, this perfect game, the 19th one in major league baseball history. And, you know, they, they, he jumps around with his teammates as they always do, but then he, you know, he sees grandma and, runs over to her and picks her up and it's it's one of those awesome moments but that was one of those things where it's mm. so cool as I'm, I'm sitting there watching someone i don't know on a on a game i could care less who wins but on the first mother's day you know holding frazier while molly's molly's out cold uh and uh i i just thought that was such a cool moment mm. uh, uh from 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 the sports world uh to to throw a perfect game with your uh with your mother or your grandmother you know, the woman that raised you sitting there watching. I think that's just on Mother's Day. On Mother's Day, right? Exactly. That's that's wild. That's just that's wild. awesome. So, yeah. So um and then the the last the last uh category is looking can, at oh can yeah. I just say before before you say anything, sure. I'm still blown away by the greatest uh father-son moment you ever like in history that you brought. So like You've not let me down with either of these today. Like, I can't wait for this third one. I've used your greatest father-son moment in history for, like, trivia nights ever since. (laughs) And pearls of wisdom to impress people. I don't know who I'm trying to, you know, impress during a pandemic. But um, I can't wait for this third one. Oh, okay. Well, all right. So I'm going to give you one just one runner up and then we'll get to the actual the actual all right uh, the actual mop okay and and again and not to keep dipping into these sad tragic stories but i think one of the most fascinating women in american history and again there are thousands and thousands and thousands you could pull out you could talk about abigail adams harriet tubman all of them okay and it's i think she's one of the most tragic people in american history as well and that's that's mary todd lincoln all right. Mm-hmm. So and, and, yeah, go figure. She doesn't even win this. She's the runner up on this one. So poor Mary Todd Lincoln can't <laughs> even win this uh, and stuff. But uh, so we, everyone knows something about Lincoln. We, we know Lincoln. We know he was assassinated. We know the stuff, you know, freed the slaves, all that. But to think about the woman that was there by his side the entire time. You know, because a lot of times people kind of write her off. Oh, she went to a, a psychiatric ward, you know, towards the end of her life. And so, well, when you find out what happened to her, it kind of all adds yeah. up. So, you know, they, they, the, the two of them had, they had four sons and three of them died quite young. Uh, the, the, their son, Edward, 
died at age three of cancer. You know, this was before the Civil War, about 11 years before the Civil War. Um, and then their, their next son, Willie, died at age 11 of typhoid, and that was a year into the Civil War. Um, and then their son, Tad, ends up dying at age 18 of tuberculosis. But this is after the Civil War. This is 11 years, you know, or 1871. Um, so after Lincoln has passed himself. So the only child that lives is their eldest, Robert, who, who lives on to 1926 and becomes kind of a kind of a famous lawyer and a diplomat uh, and so forth. So you, you think about what what Mary Todd experienced and the fact that she she got up every single day and got it done. Uh, it didn't matter what was happening, what had just what tragedy had just befallen her family. And then, you know, to go to the play and then be holding your husband's hand when he's shot in the head and all these things. And yet to continue on uh, is is just an incredible, just an incredible woman, just an incredible person itself uh, to, again, get up and, and carry out your, your business and get it done. And, and she was uh, very instrumental in, in bringing about you know, kind of the, the reconstruction amendments, the 13th, 14th, and 15th. 13th is going to get rid of slavery. 14th is going to uh, make former slaves citizens. And the 15th is going to grant uh, former slaves that are male the, the right to vote. And these are all crucial, crucial things. And um, she doesn't have too big of a role in, in the movie Lincoln that came out, I mean, five, six, seven years ago by Steven Spielberg. But um, just, just you know, I forget the actress that played her. She also played Forrest Gump's mom, Sally Field. Here it is. Yes, yeah. yeah, she she played a really good Mary Mary Todd and so forth. But you could see that she was battling all kinds of demons. I mean, she she may have suffered from from bipolar. She may have been depressed. She had these terrible migraines and so forth. But the fact that she was there encouraging her her husband, you know, you've got to get this done. This is important and so forth. But at the same time, also providing him with a sounding board to tee off on what are we doing? Like what is going on here and so forth. So you can only imagine. You know, last time you you asked me who would I want to go back in time, what what founding father and talk to, I would want to go back and talk to Mary Mary Todd Lincoln and and, and ask her like, okay, all right. All things aside, what did Lincoln really think of this or that? What what was he really saying? What was firing him up? What did he really yeah. think of the people that opposed him and what he was doing and so forth? Because you know, old honest Abe, you know, he goes gonna get fired up from time to time. What what was he what was he really saying behind closed yeah. doors? And, and everything. So I've always found her to be an incredibly intriguing individual in, in American history and stuff. Okay. All right. So that, that being said, that, now that we're going to bit that, and that was just the, the, the runner up. Yeah, that was the runner up. That's right. See, see, I'm so stoked for this. Okay. All right. Well, don't let me down. I know. Well, and cut the broadcast. Cut the broadcast. <laughs> so the, the, the person I find to be the most, badass mom in the history of earth is going to be a woman named Olympias. Okay. Her name is Olympias because she gets renamed when her husband wins an Olympic game. Okay. So that's just like a kind of a caveat there why her name is Olympias, but this is the mother of Alexander the great. All right. So we've all heard of Alexander. He must've done something good. You yeah. Know? Cause he's called the great. I wonder if she, yeah, no, she, he I, didn't do something good. He did something great. Great. And the thing is, because I mean, I wonder if, uh, you know, I'm assuming the title wasn't around when he was a kid, you know, or he was growing up like, hey, mom, Alexander the Great. She's like, no, you're the Alexander the so-so right now. Why don't you step outside, you know, <laughs> take the trash out and you'll make it to Alexander. Yeah, then good. we'll see. Yeah. Then we'll see what happens, Mr. <laughs> Conqueror of Macedonia. Uh, so. Yeah, so the mother of Alexander the Great, and we know about his empire. It stretched from the Mediterranean all the way to the Himalayas and, and everything that he did. But he inherited his 
just rugged take on everything from dear old mom. All right. So mom is going to give him the background, the, the, the fortitude to go out and fight and become the person that he is. And so his mom, Olympias was, was the fourth wife. So this was his dad's fourth wife. And his dad was King Philip II of Macedonia. And, uh, you know, whether he was supposed to keep adding wives to his collection or not, he was kind of going through them like Pez uh, and so forth. So he, he'd worked himself up to wife number seven. So when he got to wife number seven, Olympias is still in the picture. All right. So wait, wait, wait a minute. You know, how was the business trip? <laughs> Pretty good. All right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, wife number seven is this Macedonian named Cleopatra. So this isn't the Cleopatra. Uh, it was it was a fairly common name, but we always associate Cleopatra with the Egyptians. So this is a Macedonian lady named Cleopatra. And so after Cleopatra moves in with the family, Olympias is going to kind of move herself into some voluntary exile. So she just kind of, all right, fine. She just leaves and gets a gets a, a townhome down the street. Okay. And now that's where she's going to start planning things. All right. Because mom goes away for a bit. You know, she pops in occasionally here and there for cookouts and everything else. And then she comes back in after her husband has been magically assassinated. How perfect, right? Oh, man. Oh, your dad died. Oh, it's so crazy. Uh, and, and obviously, a lot of historians think that she had something to do with that. Uh, it's over. So once once dear old dad's out of the way, um, she's got this other roadblock to making sure that her son, Alexander, is going to have his rightful claim to the throne. Because, I mean, dad... He's remarried. He's got a bunch of other kids and so forth. So she's got to start going through and picking off these other kids. <laughs> she's just going through. She's got a hit list and she's picking off all these people that are successors before her kid. All right. And then she takes out Cleopatra. She has her murdered uh, and so forth. So, I mean, you talk about what did your mom do for you to help you get where you need to be? Well, my mom killed everyone that was supposed to be ruler before me. So, I'd say she did quite a bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> she just cleans house, goes through. All right. You walk in like, what happened in here? Surprise. You're the ruler. <laughs> so I have now a present he's, he's for in you. Charge. Yeah, exactly. He's in charge. Um, and, and during his campaigns, they kept very close correspondence, probably because he's checking in on mom. Like, Hey mom, Kill anyone this week? Like, how am I doing? Am I on the list? I'm like, not, yeah. I was just gonna say, I'm still in your good graces, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna name some cities after you. So, did, <laughs> did your mom ever say to you, I brought you into this world so I can take you out? I think she's the one that, that yeah, she's cool. she started that phrase. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm, I'm totally picturing, you know, like, you know, obviously not really realistic to history, but you know, like Alexander the Great on his iPhone, he's like, Hey, mom, what's up? And mom's like, how are things going? And then she, he says something that upsets her, and she, that's where it came from. She texts back, like, I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. And take he you out. <laughs> and he knew she wasn't playing. Yeah, no. No, she's got the track record. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> out of curiosity, not to be too morbid, what what's the uh, – is there a uh, uh, – his, do historians have, like, a count of how yeah, many like a, people? Like a, like a kill count? Like they, yeah. they put up on a Rambo movie when they're going through it? No, right. I, like, I don't know, but, I mean, they, she's got at least – seven to her name uh, so between, between potentially dad the the other wife and then a handful of uh children that were just you know in the way it just uh, in the way uh and so forth so again they're, they're keeping up the correspondence checking back and forth and so while he's out conquering 
you know, vast amounts of territory, uh, bringing down the Persian Empire and, and moving into the Indian uh, territory and so forth there and uh, battling it out in India. And, and she's back home kind of running things in Macedonia. So she's kind of keeping an eye on things for him. So dear old mom is kind of running the show in Macedonia and so forth. And, and you never hear about mom. You never hear about this lady. You hear about Alexander the Great, all these things like, dude, you, we wouldn't be reading about you if mom didn't decide to go ahead and make it happen. Okay. Like she's, she's the ultimate soccer mom. All right. She's going to get him to that game and she's going to make sure that he is the starting player on that team. And if I got to talk to the coach kill, all right, I'm going to make sure that you're getting where you need to be young man. And so, and it's just, yeah. the, she, she would be the one that's got the different stickers, Alexander and different little countries that he's conquered in the back of her minivan, like just putting stickers on there. Oh, he conquered this one. My, Boom, oh, see, I, my I son is the, gonna... is the honor student at Macedonia. My son is the ruler of yeah, like... my son can kill your son because I've done it. And I taught him like, Oh my God, that's an aggressive bumper sticker. So, <laughs> she's got one of those like a minivan families that every time she knocks somebody off she just x's them out she just pulls them off wait a minute there were nine on there last week were there nope nope, there were there were definitely six never mind (laughs) that one's moved um yeah so we, we all know he he dies uh, and so forth, whether he was murdered or he was, you know, poisoned himself accidentally. They're always drinking different things and poison themselves. Um, and then uh, seven years after he died, uh, her political rivals and the families of the people who she killed are going to track her down and they're going to stone her to death. And that is going to be it for dear old mom uh, for for Olympias. Uh, she so had a good run, though. She had a great run. All right. Yeah. She's hanging banners at home. Yeah, there it is. Hang those up there championships all around so yeah so i find her to be the most badass mom in history because she did everything she could to make sure her son was going to have a his rightful shot at the throne and then uh, she was going to kind of run the show while he was out conquering the known world so here's what i appreciate about your curated list it wasn't (laughs) like your most badass mom in history um let's just like call it she's not exactly a a, a good human being <laughs> no no she's just badass yeah she's just like <laughs> there it is <laughs> yeah this wasn't this wasn't the kind olympics here she was no. No, she was all about it she was about she, that she, life she's not baking brownies for the pta she is the pta okay <laughs> or she did bake the brownies for the pta who's right. no longer there right. who's no longer there right. now anyone else hungry yeah <laughs> uh, i <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I, there you go. So man, there, there's your most badass mom in history and, I, and your, your sports moment and your, your literary moms for you. I appreciate your, your take on history and the way you, you deliver it. I, I think I'd be a much smarter human being had I paid attention or had, had such charisma of, of my teachers. Um, so one, thank you for what you do with the kids. And two, thank you for delivering it in a way where um, a scatterbrained dad who hasn't slept <laughs> like me can pay attention. I, I don't remember all the moms you, you just talked about, but I remember a hungover pitcher paying homage to a grandmother. Mm-hmm. I remember a bunch of books I didn't read, but Charlotte's Web was was on there, and I was going to ask. And they were all sad. Uh, oh, and then so Catherine, sad. Grandma Catherine. Um, yeah, and the her new dandy, Catherine. I got to fix my tattoo. Her, her, dandy, <laughs> her wine. Um, 
and then um, Olympus and knocking off everyone and literally going to any length possible. Plus, for their, uh, her for name child. was Olympus. Let's just le- like yeah. you could have just stopped there. You could have been like, <laughs> her name is Olympus, and be like, done. Understand yeah, what next? Got it. <laughs> that's it. Better than Martha. I don't yeah, know. Right. Sorry if there's a Martha listening. Or it's just my aunt. That's cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say. I hope. I hope I didn't pick a name. And my mother-in-law. Oh God, we got to shut this down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop right there. Cut the cord. <laughs> yeah, cut it. Cut it. Cut it. And it's you're stopped. the one who's worried about me insulting the guests. You can't. Even, you're insulting the <laughs> listeners. That's and, right. and and and, mom, and moms during this special Mother's Day recording. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, thank you, thank you so much for for um, for coming back on for giving us this history lesson. When, when you told us about the dads, we we're like, we got to do something special for the moms. So who better to to have come back? Also, than, I I feel like we have to give some appropriate credit here. Who who initially said you know what you should do? Is you know what Ben on? Thank you. Uh, my wonderful and beautiful wife came up with the idea of of doing um, uh, multiple Mother's Day week recordings and to to have you know you just did the top dad moments, so why not moms? It was like duly noted. Thank you. I know I married up for a reason. Outkick the coverage, as my yes. friends tell me. Yes. <laughs> so, Sean, I'm thinking now, you know, as we go into a summer break, we're going to have to come up with some excuse to pull out history and Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Later. Yeah. I don't know what. I don't know. You find me. I don't know what's going on in summer. Please find me. Make sure I'm still with us. May, maybe it's like down, please. The, the top <laughs> hockey jerseys or minor league baseball jerseys or or just some excuse to have Ben back on to have this banter. Oh, I got I one. Have runner ups. I think I might. I think I might have one that you can start cooking on. OK, that that coincides with my father and I's trip. Like greatest stories of westward expansion. We're, we're driving west. Tent camping, yeah. We'll so. we'll tell you offline about this because we can't talk is about that, it. Do yet. we do we uh, manifest destiny or is that too uh, too soon? <laughs> <laughs> we don't throw that one in yet. <laughs> well, that one wasn't wasn't well received by everyone. So. <laughs> well, thank thank you very much for for coming back. We already have one in the pocket to 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 try and uh, coax you back on um, down the road here uh, during the summer. So thank you very much for, for, for coming back on. And um, I'm glad we didn't scare you away the first time. <laughs> no way. Thank you. And, and Sean, thank you again for another great episode. Thank you um, to you listening, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. We thank you for your time. We thank all the moms out there, whether you're a grandma, an aunt, dog mom, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for being you. And uh, most importantly, if you could send us some love, uh, send it in the form of subscribing to the podcast or giving us a five-star rating on the old Apple uh, podcast. And um, Sean, what else am I forgetting? Uh, I think that's about it. So uh, until next time, stay strong, dad ass. <laughs> <laughs>